Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. The Lord has promised good to me, His word my hope secure. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy brings unending love, amazing grace. My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. Son of Mary, Son of Man, born of a virgin, O glorious plan, God of Mary, God is He, in flesh
Christ incarnate truth sublime willingly bound now by space and time laying by his glory above born among men oh what wondrous love never of grace bringing him down to Bethlehem's place but we can gratefully bow at his feet worship adore him his praises Son of Mary, Son of Man, born of a virgin, a glorious plan, God of Mary, God is He, sound forth His praise, glad anthems raise, through all our days and eternity. Uh, our choir will be uh, singing an anthem, I think a very appropriate anthem in just a moment, called Come Build a Church. Uh, before then, after that, uh, we will be blessed with a message from um, uh, Bo Prosser, um, and I'd like to introduce him now. Bo Prosser is, a, uh, is the coordinator for congregational formation for the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Bo is a dynamic person a powerful communicator, a storyteller extraordinaire, uh, a man who has a love for education and Christian formation. Uh, Bo has his bachelor's degree from Georgia College, and I didn't, don't know if you knew this, Bo, but my great aunt was the dean of students at Georgia College many years ago. Uh, he also has a Master of Religious Education and a Master of Divinity from Southern Seminary and a Doctor of Education from North Carolina State University. Uh, some of our folks, I've, I've heard Bo speak a number of times, um, and some of our folks heard Bo speak at uh, the Kentucky Baptist Fellowship meeting, annual meeting a couple of years ago, a year or so ago, and they came back and, back and said, we've got to have him here, we've got to have him here. And uh, we've been trying ever since. Uh, we, we've uh, tried to have him up, and our calendars crossed a couple of times, and he canceled on us one time, and we canceled on him one time. And, and so we finally made, it, made that connection, and uh, we are looking forward to that. And by the way, Bo, um, I, I forgot to give you a message a little while ago from Johnny Pierce. He said, Goober says hello, and he wants to know if, uh, if he will get a bobblehead if he joins your fan club on Facebook. 
<laughs> we are, we're glad that you're here, Bo, and we're looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful message from you.
Good morning. I bring you greetings from Cooperative Baptist Fellowship in Atlanta, Georgia. From the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, from Dr. Daniel Vestal, our executive coordinator, I bring you greetings and thank you for who you are and what you do in this place. Now, the birth of Jesus happened like this. She was a teenage girl, and she said to her man of engagement, the best I can tell you is the Holy Spirit did this. Now, I don't know about you. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> and I have fallen off a turnip truck or two. But if I'd been Joseph, I'd have had a hard time swallowing that. It was perhaps not the best Christmas present ever. But Joseph, being a righteous man and paying attention to the Holy Spirit. Put her on his donkey and they made their way from Nazareth, which is in the north part of Israel, down to Bethlehem in the southern part. By motor car, about an hour and a half. By donkey, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. It was one of those Christmases I opened up a box from my grandmother and pulled out a pair of size 12 husky Billy the Kid blue jeans. I was not fat as a kid, but I was big boned. <laughs> but that was not the worst Christmas present ever. 
One Christmas I got 14 handmade neckties. And while close to being the worst Christmas present ever, that was not the worst Christmas present ever. And this thing right here that I've brought you is a whole lot better than what I really got that was the worst Christmas present ever. This one is made of cloth and has stuffing in it. The one I got was made of styrofoam. I was 26 years old with two children. And at a family gathering, I got this thing, sort of, and it is the worst Christmas present ever. <laughs> After I received that, my mother-in-law changed the rules of the family Christmas gathering. Perhaps you have some of those bad Christmas presents around your house. <laughs> Perhaps you're just waiting for the white elephant Christmas gathering so you can, what in the world is that? <laughs> vacuum, vacuum cleaner. Perhaps you're just waiting for a white elephant Christmas so you can uh, hand off some of those wonderful things. But Mary and Joseph, in the midst of the worst Christmas ever, couldn't hand off, couldn't share, just had to persevere on that donkey and that rocky road, waiting and hoping and praying that God is who God says he is. When bad things happen to us, a lot of us tend to ask, why me? But the real question is, why not me? Because, you see, being Christian does not give us an escape clause from tragedy. Being Christian does not mean that bad things won't happen to us. Being a congregation doesn't mean that bad things won't happen to you as a congregation. Bad things won't uh, irritate and eat at the fellowship. Someone said whenever three Baptists are together, you have four opinions in the room. The only thing two Baptists can ever agree on is what the third Baptist should be giving in the offering plate. <laughs> being Christian, being a Baptist Christian, being a Baptist fellowship does not mean that bad things won't happen to us. And rather than wringing our hands and wrestling with the question, why me? The question is, why not me? When stuff happens, we will ask why. But the right question is, since this has happened, what am I going to do? 
And 15 years ago, somebody asked that question. What are we going to do? How are we going to be church? And you've continued to wrestle with that question. And I applaud you for your pilgrimage, and I congratulate you on this wonderful milestone of Christian growth. You see, it's not like the good old days. You remember the good old days? Uh, Before central heat and air? Uh, Before sanctuaries had walking tracks around the top of them? In the good old days, Nibby, there was no such thing as Facebook and all those other things. We, we had a computer where I went to college, one computer. It wouldn't fit in this room. Uh, now I wear more computer on my hip than we had in my whole university. I was with a group not long ago, uh, young adults, and they had all these gadgets, and they were all equipped and decked out. One guy had four things on his belt, and he walked me through all those. I said, what happens if all four of those go off at the same time? We could (laughs) vibrate you into the next room or something. I looked down, and I'm embarrassed to say I didn't even have a belt on that day. And these young adults all around me looked like John Wayne with these electronic gadgets. So not to be outdone, I went out and got my garage door opener. (laughs) And I wore it on my belt loop for the rest of the afternoon. And they they would come up to me and go, ooh, what's that? I went, "Uh uh-uh, digital. (laughs) I don't know what that meant, but it was impressive to them. I said, whatever you do, don't push this button because my pants will go down and then they'll come right back up. (laughs) Mary and Joseph had no electronic world to live in. Just a man and his wife, great with child, and a stubborn mule. It was one of those Christmas Eves that we live for and we sing about. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. You know that one? We were in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, serving at the First Baptist Church of Shepherdsville, and it was 30 minutes before service, and the snow began to gently drift. And it was beautiful. And I was shaking my fist to the heaven. Why now? Because after the Christmas Eve service, I was going to put my two lovely children, one my oldest daughter is with me this morning, my two lovely children and my wife were going to get into a Chevrolet Caprice station wagon about as long as this building and try to make our way to Georgia. And while everyone was singing about a white Christmas, I was not a happy camper. 30 miles outside of Shepherdsville, after Christmas Eve service, the highway shut down. And we parked for an hour somewhere between E-Town and Sheep Town, 
and about 4.30 in the morning, we made it to Atlanta. I hate snow. <laughs> and uh, Santa Claus had already come to Atlanta and he left a dollhouse with some assembly required. <laughs> and at 4.30 in the morning after being on the road half of the night because my wife said I had to, I responded to that assembly. Over the river and through the woods is not a real happy song for me. And I imagine Joseph may have found himself in that same situation. With this young woman he barely knew, great with child. On this donkey he wished he didn't have, heading to the city of David that he wished he didn't have to go to. And then out back behind the Holiday Inn Express, they laid him in a manger. And the whole world changed. And the whole world changed. And Joseph and Mary and the little baby found themselves right smack dab in the center of God's will for their lives. Not unlike where you find yourself this day. Because 15 years is not the end of the journey. In many ways, y'all are just now figuring out what you're supposed to be doing. The pathway continues. And while we stop a moment to celebrate, tomorrow there's more work to be done. There are more mission opportunities to participate in. There is more ministry to happen. So since this has happened, what am I to do? What are we to be about? We are to be about being the people of God. The call to be church has not changed since that first day. The way we do church, granted, has changed. But the call is still the same. Be the presence of Christ. And there is no greater gift than being the presence of Christ that you can give to this community to this congregation, indeed to this world. So in this next few weeks, as you find yourself rushing to and fro and fussing with that slow driver in front of you or that slow sales clerk ignoring you, 
Be the presence of Christ. Be the church. In the summertime where I grew up, I would go over to my grandmother's house and work in the yard. She would work me like a dog all day and give me a quarter at the end of the day and think I was overpaid. These two young men on the front are shaking their head going, well, you're right, I shook my head a lot too. My grandmother would give me that quarter, I would run down two blocks to the Butts Drug Company and buy five packs of baseball bubble gum, hoping against hope that Mickey Mantle would be in the cards. And Mickey, even to this day, has eluded me. It was towards the end of the summer, we were running out of work, and I was still hoping for Mickey, and we finished our work, and my grandmother said, go in and clean up. I said, Nanny, please let me do a little more work because I need Mickey Mantle. And if I have more than a quarter, I could spend more and get more cards and maybe Mickey Mantle would. And she said, no, you know we always quit at 3.30. The edge of night comes on at 4. <laughs> For those of you who are familiar with the soap opera, Genre, that's what she was referring to. And at 4.30, the family would then gather out under the pecan tree and we'd cut watermelon and learn about life from my grandmother. On this particular Friday, uh, I was really upset with her. Please let me do a little more work. No, clean up. Please let me do. No, clean up. So I went into her bedroom, through her bedroom, into the bathroom to clean up. And I saw on her dressing table a dish of dimes. Mercury dimes. You remember Lady Liberty was on the front of the dime. And I thought to myself... Hmm. But I cleaned up, and on the way out, I looked back over at that dish of dimes, and I thought, it's only a dime. She won't miss a dime. So I slid one of those dimes out of the dish and into my pocket, and out into the yard I went, and I leaned over the spigot to get a sip of water. Y'all have spigots up here in Henderson? When I stood up from the spigot, I looked down, and lo and behold, there was a bright, shiny, mercury dime. And I picked it up and said, Nanny, Nanny, I found a dime. Where'd you find that? She said, right here at the spigot. I said, let me see that, she said. You collect these, don't you? Oh, yes, ma'am, but... I'm sure I have this one already. Can I go to the drugstore, I said. If you think you should, she said. 
I'd way past that moral dilemma a long time ago. <laughs> the worst part of it was that I was lying to my grandmother and my grandmother knew I was lying and I knew she knew. You ever been there? So off to the drugstore I ran to get two more packs and still no bubble gum, still no Mickey Mantle. So you can imagine my dismay on that Christmas morning when that big box held a pair of Billy the Kid Husky blue jeans. But there was a note pinned to the belt loop. Check the pockets. Check the back right pocket last. And so I began to rifle through those Billy the Kid blue jean britches. And you know what I pulled out, right? Mercury dimes. I got to the back pocket and I pulled out a card, opened up the card, and it said, Dear Bo, I had ten dimes saved up for you, but it seems that this summer I lost one out by the spigot. And then there were these words. I love you, Nanny. There is no sin that God won't forgive. There is no history that God can't redeem. My grandmother taught me a valuable lesson that day about being the presence of Christ. Mary and Joseph taught us a valuable lesson in what could have been the worst Christmas ever became the greatest gift ever given. This day, Jesus the Christ is given fully to you and to me and at the end of the card, God says, I love you. Father in heaven, you bless us with a richness of heritage and of history. We stand in the center of your will just now knowing that you love us. We stand in the center of your will just now, celebrating all you have done for us. And we stand in the center of your will expectantly for what you require of us.
Thank you for this church and the richness of its heritage. Thank you most of all for Jesus the Christ and for his love for us. Amen.